the man cave. A sanctuary. A sacred place. A place where we can go talk about the things we want to talk about. A place where we're surrounded by our favorite teams. A place where everyone is welcome. Grab a seat and a beverage. This is the Man Cave Podcast with Dan Casper. Hello, you wonderful people. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. Dan Casper here as always. Appreciate you tuning in and checking out another episode of the podcast. If this is your first time checking out the Man Cave Podcast, welcome to to the podcast. Welcome to the Man Cave. If you are a regular listener, love you, appreciate you. Thanks for checking us out again. As always, don't forget to spread the word, spread the gospel of the Man Cave Podcast. To everybody out there, don't forget to subscribe, follow wherever you listen to your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, you name it, we're probably there. Don't forget to leave a review, follow, uh, review, rating, all that good stuff if if your podcasting platform lets you, like iTunes and that. Spread the word on socials too. Tell your moms and dads and grandparents and kiddos. What do we got on the docket? What's on the starting lineup? For this episode of the Man Cave, it's actually I got a few things I wanna I wanna kind of chat with y'all out there. And I uh, made the starting lineup, but I'm kind of gonna gonna be adjusting it a little bit here because while well, at the time of this recording, some stuff has kind of gone on and and all that sort of stuff. I actually want to lead off with a, with a with a little college football talk here. Yeah, a little college football talk. Uh, day one of uh, signing day, some recruits going over there, signing, picking their colleges, and and all that good stuff. And the big story is that Prime himself, Deion Sanders, landing the number one recruit, actually flipped this kid from going to FSU, Florida State University, and now he's going to Jackson State. I mean, you got to... This Travis Hunter, the number one recruit, who's also a corner, weird Dion, right? Um, but he goes from from a BCS school to an FCS school, flipping. I mean, this is huge. This is absolutely huge in the college sports world. I don't know if this is going to set a trend. I think that's way too early to to kind of you know figure out, discuss all that sort of stuff. Nonetheless. This is still pretty freaking huge, and I know there's a lot of speculation out there. Is it you know it's is it the NIL you know with with the likeness deals and all that? I'm sure it does play into it. Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, maybe there was a little bit going on with that, and it's the NIL and and, and players and and these kids who are able to uh, kind of cash in on their likeness and that. It's a game changer. We we knew that was going to be a game changer. When, when this was going to go through. And I think this is what's going to perhaps help other colleges like a Jackson State or, or some other colleges if they utilize it properly and legally and all that sort of stuff. But this is this is huge. And, and again, I don't know if this is going to have like ripple effects for the next few years or, or anything like that. But hey, give, give Prime some credit for able to, to get a kid a top recruit, the top recruit 
to flip from Florida State, and I know Florida State's got their issues, but to flip from a BCS program to an FCS program, that's, hey, well, I got a prime jersey hanging up behind me right now in the man cave. You guys all know I'm a big Deion Sanders guy. I'm a big uh, primetime guy, big primetime fan, thanks to uh, my third grade teacher, Mr. Waller out there. Shout out to him. You guys know that story already if you don't. Uh, you'll have to reach out and, and ask me about it sometime. But that's it's that's pretty remarkable. Big, 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 big news out there. So I don't know. Again, I I don't know if it's gonna have you know change the the landscape of recruiting. I think if anything, the NIL the NIL deals are, are is what's really gonna change. And you know, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people questioning why you know why go from FSU to to Jackson and all that. You know, people are going to question it and and whatever have you. I'm sure stuff will come out. I'm sure rumors will float out there and, and conspiracy theories, if you will. But give a shout out to 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 Dion, um, and then we'll we'll see what happens here. But nonetheless, this is this is huge in the college football world. This is huge in the college sports world, and it's it's something that I think college teams are going to have to, you know kind of embrace whether whether coaches or programs like it or not with the with the nils and even the transfer portals and and all that if you don't like it you don't agree with it it's it's the game now this is the game and you have to deal with it and you have to use it as part of your recruiting pitch and to to get players in you know we're starting to see some of the coaches maybe older school coaches retire and, and and call it a career and such and some of us, some of them have said it's because of stuff like this. Well, that's that's the game now, and that's part of the recruiting pitch. I, I you know, I I was thinking about this earlier, and I don't know if I I fully believe it yet. I got to let it marinate in my mind here. But um, you know, down in the next few years here, and this does not take anything away from like from Dion as as a coach or anything like that. But you know, now it's like when you got like the nil in your back pocket and you know facilities you know we always talk about facilities trying to draw kids in and and all that but now it's like do you how good of a coach do you need to be not to take anything away but it's like almost you have to be a better a better recruiter or or sales pitch or, or hire almost somebody on staff just to be like your i know they got recruiting coordinators and all that but like you almost have to hire just a straight up salesperson slash recruiting person maybe now with with the whole NIL sort of thing in, in the back pocket with, with all these college programs. You know what I'm kind of saying? I'm kind of let that marinate in my mind there a little bit. But, you know, I'll be still – because Ron Zook was is, was a great example of somebody, you know, can recruit, but was the results in the field? Not necessarily. So I'm not saying you, you have to be a better recruiter than, than a coach because that wouldn't necessarily work out or anything like that. But, man, oh, man, it's uh, it's a game changer. And I'm curious to see how it's all going to play out in the in the college football world out there. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break. And then uh, coming up next, I want to chat a little bit about uh, a little hoops. Steph Curry, all right, Steph Curry setting the three-point record. Dan Patrick had an interesting comment on, on his program. And I was going to go with a different way with this, but... I kind of like what, what DP put out there, and, and I'll explain a little bit more, but it's about Steph Curry's influence in the game of basketball. All right, stick around. We'll be back after this quick word. 
Are you looking for a new home? Or are you looking to maybe sell your home and, and upgrade to a new dream home? Or perhaps you're looking for some land for that nice getaway, some property to, to put up a cabin or, or do a little hunting. Whatever the case may be, you can find it all in one spot. That's Woods and Water Realty. I've used Woods and Water Realty for purchasing and selling homes before. And I got to tell you, I love the customer service from their realtors over there. They're with you through every step of the process. Because selling and buying a home, while if you've never done it before, it could be kind of stressful. So it's good to know that your realtors are there working with you every single step of the way, helping you out, making everything go smooth. And that's exactly what you get with Woods and Water Realty. So if you're thinking about, ah, maybe we should sell and, and, and upgrade. Maybe get a little bit bigger house because maybe uh, your family's expecting a little bit or expanding a little bit. Or maybe you're looking for that vacation getaway, looking at some land and, and possibly building on. Woods and Water Realty can help you out in every single facet when it comes to the real estate industry. Just visit their website, woodsandwater.com, right now to check out their listings and to find out any more information. All right, before we get into the, the next topic here, we're in a little hoops chat with, with about Steph Curry and all that good stuff. I need your help again. I feel like every time uh, you're probably listening to a podcast, but here we go. But I want to know about your man caves. I want to tell the story of your man caves. Do you have something unique in your man cave or you just want to show off your man cave? Hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. Find me at D-A-N-K-A-S-P-E-R. That's my Twitter handle. Uh, look me up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Casper Sports. You can check it out there. Send me some pics, tell me some stories, or if you got like a unique collection or something like that, I want to feature you on this podcast, the Man Cave Podcast, okay? So hit me up, all right? It's uh, like kind of like, what was it, like Cribs? No, it used to be on MTV or something like that, but Man Cave Edition, all right? So hit me up on the good old Twitter, on the Facebook, email, whatever you got to do. Whatever you got to do, send me those pics, send me those stories, or just tell me a little bit about it, okay? Now, I'll feature you here on the on the Man Cave podcast. So, last night, Steph Curry broke the three-point record, passing Ray Allen. Ray Allen was there at Madison Square Garden, Reggie Miller as well. You know, I had thrown out a thing on uh, Twitter about, like, if it was, there was a, a three-point contest between Steph, Reggie, Ray Allen, Larry Bird, who would you all take? And Larry, the majority of people took Larry Bird in. Um, and I love Larry Legend, but I think a lot of people might have took taken Larry Bird because of the the trash talk story about him in the three point contest and and, and that sort of stuff. So, um, but his um, impact in the you know impact for 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 basketball, his impact in, in basketball history, you know, um, influence. That's that's the word I was trying to figure out, and you know, something I we we talked about on the radio show this morning. Um, but Dan Patrick threw out an interesting thing because he he kind of threw out a, a a question sort of thing, and you know it was like was and and, and it wasn't say, he wasn't saying that he he agreed with the question, you know he wasn't saying that this is what he thought, but he kind of threw it out there as Steph Curry, you know, bad for basketball, for the game of basketball, and it kind of related to what. I was thrown out there, you know, because I feel like Steph Curry is one of the 
one of the biggest influence influencers in the game of basketball. You know, when I was a kid, it was, you know, everybody was working on the turnaround jumper, driving to the lane, you know, maybe doing a little bit of a post work like a Shaq or Nakeem Olajuwon if if you were a little bit taller. Now it's like you got to chuck up the 30 to 35 footers it seems like, you know, now it's like kids are are chucking those shots up instead of maybe working on the inside game or working a little bit on the the mid-range game and you know, I was always like a corner guy. I was always working on my corner shot or th- or the turnaround fadeaway, you know, stuff like that. So, I, and I think that's where, you know, is it is it necessarily you know good for basketball because you got Steph Curry working on these half court shots. He's he's chucking them up from thirty five feet, and now you know when when you're a kid like I was a kid and basketball was my passion. I I watched the the guys that were on TV, and that's who you try to emulate with your game, right? That's you, you try to emulate their moves. And I could see where some people would think. That and, and and hey, I'm not the biggest transition three fan. I grinds my gears a lot of times. I'm I'm a little bit more old school. I want to work inside out. I want to, you know, set up an offense. And I have nothing against a fast pace offense by any means. But you know, I don't want constant transition three stop and pops and and, and all that sort of stuff. So I get that. Um, I just you know, it's 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 hard for me to answer because again, I'm I'm not the biggest transition three guy. I have nothing whatsoever against the uh the three-point shot nothing i mean i shot three-pointers i love shooting three-pointers especially when you get a little bit older you just kind of pop up in the corner and you stay there and you're like chuck it up right there right but i i i would like i i hope it's not gonna completely change the game of basketball where you've got you know the youngsters that don't work on the mid-range. Don't work on the free throws. Don't work on the other stuff. You know, that's where it's going to be important for coaches. And it makes coaches' jobs a little bit harder, uh, I think, too, because you got you got an NBA player, one of the best of all time, you know, chucking up threes. And that's where a lot of those kids, that's, that's all that they're going to want to do. So um, I don't know if it's necessarily a negative effect. I think that's just the style of, of basketball now. It's It's what Steph Curry was good at. It's what Steph Curry is great at. And he's utilizing his talents to, to, to you know, to, to, to make the most out of it, to, to be a good player on the court, to help out the Warriors. I mean, that's his talent, right? And that's what we talk about in sports all the time. How do you utilize the talent that you have to, to win games? And that's exactly what Steph Curry's at. He's, he's the best at three-point shooting. That's, that's his game. You know, and he keeps making them. So, I mean, if he wasn't making those shots, you know, it'd be a little bit of a different story. But I do think Steph Curry is one of the biggest influencers in all of sports because when I look at influencers, it doesn't necessarily mean they have to be the best player of all time. It helps. But I think of the Jordans, Tiger Woods, and Steph Curry. You know, football, maybe a little Michael Vick-ish, but... You know, you could say, well, Randall Cunningham was before him and Steve Young was before him too, but but like Michael Vick came at a time when video games and Maddens were, were there, right? Um, you know, baseball, maybe a little bit if you want to go the negative route. It was Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, but I think a guy like Ken Griffey Jr. was a big influencer in baseball. I think, you know, the, you got the kid wearing the backwards hat, the sweet swing, awesome defense, big influencer, one of the best players of all time, and Maybe he'd go down as the best of all time if he could have stayed healthy, that sort of thing. But 
no doubt about it, Steph Curry is one of the biggest influencers in, in the entire world of sports, not just basketball. For for me, you know, I was at an age range where my first recollect, uh, memory of, of Michael Jordan was when he came back and his first game was against the Pacers. You know, I was still a little too young to remember him in his, his first run with the Bulls, if you will. So Tiger Woods, to me, it was the biggest influencer of, of the sports world in my life. Made golf cool. I don't know if I would have played golf in school. I don't know if I'd still be playing golf right now if it wasn't for Tiger Woods. He made it cool. He made it like that was a sport that was okay to play with. You weren't going to get teased. You weren't going to get picked on. It wasn't a fancy sport where you know you had to have a lot of money. You still have to have a lot of money to play golf. It seems like at times, but you you know you could go out there and you could be cool, right? That's that's when you're a young kid. You're growing up. You want to be cool, you, you, right? You, you don't want to play sports or or you, you kind of get worried about getting picked on or something like that he made it cool to freaking play golf so tiger woods to me was my biggest personal influencer in in, in sports and that i'm not saying he was bigger than jordan or anything like that just during my age range he was and i think steph curry is that uh type of player for a lot of those kids and a lot of these young young people out there right now in this world so all right Another quick break coming up here as we are about halfway through the pod here, this episode of the Man Cave podcast. So coming up next, we're going to do a little armchair quarterbacking. Got uh, one thing that uh, is kind of on my uh, armchair quarterback and analyze and and all that fun stuff. Then we got some Q&A. Big shout out to all of you again. We got a lot of questions that were submitted. I'm going to try to get to all of them, okay? We'll see how long of a tangent I can get on, okay? So big, 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 big thank you to everybody who submitted questions. And then we're going to finish it up with uh, a little here's the thing. First up, though, quick break. My favorite beverage in the world is iced tea. I could drink iced tea every single day. And in fact... Pretty sure I do drink iced tea every single day. And that's why I love Twisted Tea so much. You know, I know it's getting a little bit colder out there. And, you know, I really love Twisted Tea on those hot summer days, tailgating or anything like that. But that's still in the man cave fridge. Still go to it. Whatever the flavor is, a half and half. The full-on original. Got a little raspberry flavor in there, too. That's still my go-to beverage right there, Twisted Tea. Even with the temperatures getting a little bit colder. Still tailgate. It's still Wisconsin. I go and grab a twist of tea right there. Check out all the flavors yourself and load up that fridge in your man cave with some twisted tea. All right, let's get to some Q and A's. And again, big thanks to everybody who uh, who submitted uh, some Q and A's to to the Facebook page or or to the Twitter page and 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 all that good stuff. Big, 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 big thank you. This was makes it fun. Uh, and, and it's not necessarily all just like sports, serious questions. Make it fun. And some of you did that as well. So seriously, bottom of my heart, big thanks for everybody uh, sending some questions over there. So I, I'm i going to try to get to all of them here. All right, I, I'm going to try to get to all of them here. Uh, we got Tanner on Twitter asking, if you had to choose one meal only to cook and bring to the tailgate, what are you choosing? All right, Tanner. Um, I'm assuming when you say if you had to choose one meal only to cook and bring to the tailgate, are we? Are we? We're making it there, right? I mean, because 
I mean, I got a grill in the parking lot at Lambeau Field. There's, I love the smell, especially when the temperatures are a little bit colder and you got the grills going. I mean, that, that smell in the air. Everywhere I go, like, you know, when you can kind of smell that a little bit, even if it's not at a tailgate, but that smell brings back a lot of memories for me. Um, I'm a little old school, and it's probably just a – might be a lame answer. But, I mean, I, I got to go with brats, man. I got to go with, go with the brats. I'm a big brats and dips guy. So you get a little taco dip going on over there too. So, you know, load up my plate with some brats and some taco dip, and I'm in a good mood right now. You know, I've been to some – little bit fancier tailgates where they've got like bacon wrap stuff or shrimp or you know like steak or, or ribs and all that and hey i love that too i love that too but i guess if it were me and i just had to pick one if i just had to pick one i might just go with the brats otherwise i'll throw out another wild card here too put a little tenderloin steak on the grill in the lambeau field now that right there you know you marinate it the night before Put a little marinade on there or just go straight up with a little seasoning on there. I'm good with that too. A little venison tenderloin on there. That's right there. That's what I'm talking about. Some back straps on there. So uh, for, for meat-wise, yeah, I'd go brats or some uh, venison backstrap tenderloins. But if we're talking like a little snacky sort of, sort of thing, I could eat a whole tray full of taco dip right there, bro. I could eat a whole thing of taco dip. Dips to me are a meal. I love them. Um, let's go to, let's go to the Facebook. Speaking of deer hunting, deer hunting, do you prefer bow season or gun season more? Um, I like bow season, but I feel like my best chance at getting a deer is going to be gun season. But I always said this like for elk hunting, I would love, that's one of my thing. I want to go to like Colorado and do elk hunting and I'd love to do it with a bow, but I don't want to take the chance of missing because I know I'm going to be too nervous in that, so I'm, I'm taking a 300 with me. Um, should Starbucks serve bush lattes? Why not? Right? Why not? Our bud, ma- our, our, our beer man, you're listening right now, get 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 going on that, all right? Uh, my buddy Newman, now this might be a little bit of a, going back to our high school days, what do you think of the Florida Gators? Do you think they will win their bowl game? Oh, Newman. Newman was a big Florida, Florida fan, and I and I don't know how much of a Florida fan he actually was, or if he was just kind of you know riding with that just to because it was during the Tim Tebow era. Okay, so they're going up against UCF in their bowl game. Yeah, Newman, I'll go with Florida for you just because you're Newman. So uh, Kyle says, "What are your thoughts about the Packers special teams play from the previous game versus the Bears?" Kyle, I'm actually going to hold off on that because that's going to come up on our armchair quarterback segment, all right? Uh, Another Dan on here saying, where does Brad Davidson's Badger legacy end up? Fair or foul? Um, I am going to go with, I say fair. I know there was a lot of Badger fans that had some issues with him in like year two, year three, year four, because he came off, you know, his first year, his freshman year, he was like just amazing. He was awesome. He was playing like with one shoulder and he set the bar high and it might've been just a little too high. We might've put too much on his plate. We might've put too much expectations on his, you know, on on, on his plate. We might've expected too much from him. So I don't know if that's necessarily on him. But he's that he is that that typical dude. He is that typical dude that you don't want on any you, you don't want to play against him, but if he's on your team, you're happy he is. He's that annoying player. 
that a lot of teams hate, a lot of fan bases hate. But if he's on your team, you're good with him, right? So I think it'll be fair. It may not live up to the expectations to to a lot of Badger fans out there because of his freshman year, because he was so awesome and he did it with like that one shoulder. But that might not have been the realistic expectations that we should have had for him. And so, but for me, I think it's fair. I, I think it's fair. The next question, I like this question a lot. And uh, Dave sent this on Facebook, and he actually, you you made me do a little bit of research. I had a couple of classes in mind, but I had to do a little bit of uh, research on this one. Dave asked, what's your all-time favorite Packers draft class and why? Now, that's a good one. So I've got a few of them I'm going to throw out there, okay? More recent, if if we, I'm going to kind of go in reverse order here. So, like, most recent, it's very early yet, I still think, but, like, in terms of Goody, I really liked the 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 nineteen class so far. I like how the the returns on that one. That was the Rashawn Gary, the Darnell Savage, and the Elton Jenkins class right there, because those are two pivotal starters right now. You know, Elton Jenkins might be one of their best. You know, might be the best offensive lineman uh, right now. And, and Kingsley Kiki, I think the the jury's still kind of out. He's getting a lot of snaps, but we want to see him. Uh, elevate on there and, and maybe be, you know, taking another step. We're just kind of waiting for him to, to to be that, like, second guy to help out Kenny Clark on the line. But, I mean, to go from Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, and Elton Jenkins w- with your top three, if I had to pick a Goody class, it might be that one. Um, So I'm going to go with that. But then, you know, kind of going backwards after that, I am uh, going to go with 2000. I'm going to go back to 2000, okay? Now, this was a draft class. This was Ron Wolf's uh, last draft class. And he got two bookends in that. And that was Chad Clifton in the uh, in the second round and then Mark Tauscher later on. So he got two of his bookends right there, long-time you know, starting tackles for the Green Bay Packers. And the first-round draft pick that year was, uh, was Bubba Franks. And say what you want about Bubba Franks, but all that dude was, uh, he caught touchdown passes and made Pro Bowls there. So he became a, an instant red zone target for uh, for Brett Favre there. Um, and then you had KBG, Kabir Baja Bielmila, was a fifth-round pick. And, you know, second in team sacks right now behind Clay Matthews. So, I mean, you look at that draft for a final draft for, for Ron Wolf. That's a pretty damn good draft right there. So I gotta gotta put that one on the list. Um, I liked the O five draft. I think the O five draft that was uh, Ted Thompson's first one um, with with Green Bay. There's only a couple players on that draft, but I, I don't know if I'd put it as the best draft of all time. But I, I'm gonna give it an honorable mention because that's the Aaron Rodgers draft. But also Nick Collins was a second round pick and. If Nick Collins doesn't have the career-ending neck injury, we're probably talking about him as a Hall of Fame safety. So, I mean, for Ted Thompson in his first draft to, you know, draft a Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers, and then his next pick might have been another Hall of Famer, got to give Uncle Ted a little bit of credit right there. You you just got to give him a little bit of credit right there. So, uh, the other draft class, I'm, I'm going to go one more draft class, and this one to me was the one that kind of stood out. I'm a, I'm a history buff. You know, I'm a history nerd, and I, when I was doing my 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 looking up just to kind of refresh my memory a little bit, this was the one that a lot of people were kind of throwing out there too. And this is the uh, this is the 1956 uh, 58 draft. Excuse me, the 1958 draft. 
Jack Venisi needs to be recognized more in Packers history. He needs to be recognized more in football history. He passed away at a young age, and I think that, you know, a lot of people don't realize exactly how freaking good he was at was at elevating or evaluating talent. I mean, this dude, some of the names that that we're going to throw out there, some of his draft classes show up in a couple times in in some of the all-time rankings here. But in this 58 draft, Jack was able to draft uh, some dude named Jim Taylor. Then that was in the second round. Third round, some some dude named Ray Nitschke. Then he got Dan Curry in the first round. But then fourth round, Jerry Kramer. So Jack Finisi, though, this is this is a guy that I think Packers fans, and maybe this might be a, a, a dude that I, maybe we might have to, I might have to highlight in one of our Legends Never Die series. I'm going to do it on Lambeau. I know I'm going to do one on Johnny Blood. I might have to do one for, for Jack Finisi because you look at the some of the, 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 the players that he drafted and scouted, it's it's remarkable. I mean, the 56 class is another one that kind of gets thrown up there. That was the Bart Starr one. So, uh, but for for me, I might have to go with the with the 58 one. I might have to go with the norm for a lot of people. But I threw a few different uh, draft classes out there for uh, for you too. So hopefully, answered that question for you, Dave. Um, Marcus then has a couple more here to to round out the Q and A. Uh, what do you think the Packers will do to realistically maintain a competitive team and be under the salary cap next year? It starts and ends with 12. Answer that question first. If 12 is willing to, I honestly believe Packers will be in a better shape financially if Aaron stays. His cap hits huge next year, but if he stays and the Packers want him to stay, and why wouldn't you get the extension done? An extension will lower that cap hit it'll lower the cap hit yes you might have to move on from love probably not next year but the following year because it's going to be hard to move on from him and take that salary cap hit but i think it starts and ends with 12 if he's on board wants to stay give him an extension as long as aaron guarantees you that he will you know play that extension out lower that cap hit then you go to Devonte. all right Devonte, we got your quarterback let's work it out here you're going to have to pay, and you might have to do it a contract that you're not used to always doing with your players. Get it done with him. You're going to have to say goodbye to Zadarius. What will help lower your cap, too, is you extend Jair Alexander. He's going to have that fifth-year option. It's a huge cap hit. Lower that cap hit by giving Jair a long-term deal. That lowers that. As I mentioned, Zadarius is gone. Restructure Preston Smith. Give him an extension. Lower that cap hit. So, that that to me is just on the surface. There's a lot more at play in this thing. Obviously, you're going to have to make some tough decisions. Like Zadarius is going to be gone, um, and, and some of those other players. But it starts and ends with the quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. If he stays, and they sign an extension, they're good. If he doesn't, and they got to move on from him, they're going to take a cap hit. And I think next year might be a little bit of rough, a little bit rough right there. That's my thoughts. Speaking of which, the other part of Marcus's question heard a bunch about how Aaron Rodgers can make any team instantly better, as could a few other quarterbacks today. Totally don't like this idea, but do you feel if, hypothetically, you put Tom Brady on this Packers team for this whole season and Aaron on the Bucks, would the Packers still be the one seed currently? 
you know, Rodgers and Brady bring such a different skill set. I think Brady has better weapons, and this is what kind of, you know what, this this is actually kind of going to lead into my here's a thing at the end, so I'm going to try to try to stay away from my here's a thing here, but to, to just kind of blatantly answer your question, I think the Buccaneers are better if Aaron Rodgers is on there. I mean, how much better can you be, like 10-3 and three and both, you know, 10-3 and three and that sort of thing? Um, maybe not better, but I think... I think Tom Brady has better weapons on the Buccaneers. So take that for what you want. You know, he's got more wide receivers to throw to. Leonard Fournette's having a good year, too. The offensive line is actually staying healthy for for the Buccaneers, unlike Green Bay. So honestly, I – and this is nothing against Tom Brady because I think him and Devontae, you know, they would have a good connection. Maybe not as good as Aaron because of all the years playing together. So honestly, I think – I think no. It might be just by another loss, by you know a game difference here or there. But no, I I I I don't think the Packers would be better with, or would still be the one seed with Tom Brady on there. That's not a knock on Brady, you know. That that really isn't. I just think when you look at the weapons and you kind of look at if everything would have still happened the way it did with all the injuries and and all that sort of stuff, I think it's a game difference if Brady was on on Green Bay and maybe a game difference if uh, Rodgers was on the Bucks. So. All right, big thanks again to to all the cues and questions out there. Hopefully we've got uh, the answers that you were looking for. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to wrap it up here. Got a little armchair quarterback, and then we're going to do a little here's a thing to end the podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. Dan here again. Hey, I appreciate all of you listening to this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, and I hope you're enjoying it. But I want to remind you about my radio show as well, The Dan Casper Show. Airs weekday mornings from 6A to 9A Central Standard Time. You can catch the show on WAYY Sports Talk 105.1 and 790 AM, sportstalk1051.com where you can stream it online, the Sports Talk 105.1 app, or on your Google and Alexa home devices. All right, let's finish up this podcast. I know I've been keeping you guys maybe a little bit longer than you'd like or used to, but hey, we got a couple more things I want to get to here. Uh, we're going to end it up with with the here's a thing, uh, but uh, let's let's do the armchair quarterback. The topic at hand is the arm on this armchair quarterback is Packer special teams. Uh, that was uh, I'm, I'm, I'll put it nicely, and it might be too kind. Freaking awful last week. Um, good good lord, it didn't. Analytics say it wasn't the worst special teams performance by a team ever, but uh, had pretty darn close there. No, I, I know a lot of people were, were calling for the firing of Maurice Straight and a special teams coordinator. And, and the thing is, is like I don't know if that would have made a difference. I, I, I don't, I don't think that would make a difference. You know, there's a lot of talk. Well, it's more execution, and it's more of the talent out there, and you know, for for me, if it's execution, it still relates to coaching. It, it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, you can only a coach can only do so much, and then you got to let the players go do it on the field and that. And then I'm a believer in that. It's not 100% all the time coaching. Coaching is probably going to get the most of the blame there. But nonetheless, it, it all kind of goes hand in hand, in my opinion. But I'm a believer, too, that this would not have made a difference. Like, if you fired him, if, if you'd fire Maurice Drayton at this point in the season, I don't think there would have been an instant difference in special teams performance there. 
but it definitely is, uh, I think, a big concern if you're the Packers and you're getting ready, you know, to finish this regular season, getting into the postseason. At first, it was field goals, and now it's you know coverages and and all this sort of stuff. Matt Lafleur is saying that you know they might have to put starters out there and and all that sort of stuff, which I don't like. I mean, you should not have to be at a point where starters are playing freaking special teams here. I look at it more terms of like the players, you know, the players. Your your job is backups to to get on the team. You have to perform in special teams. A lot of these players across the league got their start on special teams, made the team with special teams, stuck around, worked their butts off, and now there might be starters somewhere. Tremont Williams, if you want to think of a Packer back in the day, you know, players like that. And some players are just, you know, maybe their max is special teams, and that's what they make their career out of them. And that's fine. But I look at it as the players. Players got to step up and perform better in special teams because this is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And you don't want it. You don't want a championship or an early ouster in the postseason to come at the hands of special teams and uncovered units. Everybody's got to be better. Coaches got to be better. Players got to be better. Execution has got to be better. I don't want to see starters out there. I don't because I don't want to see somebody of you know a starter get hurt because of special teams play. I don't want to see that, but I fear that's where we might have to be. It's just, and I don't know if if Goody and the front office staff can find anybody out there, you know, in practice squads or on the street that's going to be better at this point, like an instant upgrade, maybe a couple spots here. But you know, to to me, you know, a lot of people pointing the pointing the blame on uh, on Maury Straten. You know, maybe a little bit of the execution part and, and all that, but I look at it as like lane integrity from these players not staying in their lanes. You know, I was rewatching some of that stuff again. Guys getting a little over anxious, over pursuing, getting out of their lanes. It just it's it's the fundamentals of special teams. The players have to do better. The players have to do better. That's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down comes down to. All right, we're, let's finish this up with a little. Here's the thing. So, Aaron Rodgers. You know, there's a there's a lot of talk on who the MVP is right now. Who the league MVP is? Brady is the odds-on favorite. Aaron Rodgers is second. Kind of goes back to one of the questions. I believe, and you can call me a homer if you want. I don't care. But I believe Aaron Rodgers is the MVP right now. I don't think he'll win it, but I believe Aaron Rodgers is the MVP between Brady and and him. Brady has had a healthy offensive line. And I'm not taking away anything from Tom Brady. He's putting up awesome numbers for his age, you know, for, for still being Tom freaking Brady. His offensive line has been way healthier. He's had good protection. He's got Mike Evans. He's got Gronk. Leonard Fournette has taken a a big step this year. And it's not to say, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have weapons. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the game. Aaron Jones, you know, not putting up numbers like he did the last couple of years, but he's still affecting games, and A.J. Dillon has taken a jump here too. But, you know, compare the offensive players Tom has, including the offensive line, and, and compare it to what Rodgers has. If you kind of do a cross comparison, you'll probably come out, math tells you, Brady's got a little bit more help. Brady got a little bit more help there. 
And I think you have to factor in the injury to Aaron a little bit. To me, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. You take him off, it completely changes the gameplay. And I think it does for for Tampa Bay too. But it is it is completely evident to me, Rodgers is what makes this ship go again for Green Bay. They got a better team around him. They got a better defense. It's not like in the past where it was all Aaron Rodgers and he's covering up a lot of mistakes. He's got more help this year. But between those two dudes, the MVP of the league right now is Aaron Rodgers. He's thrown to the out besides Devontae, it's I'm not trying to, you know, offend these players or anything like that. Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh Josiah DeGuara, Alan Lazard, Equinemia St. Brown, Amari Rodgers. You know, now Randall Cobb's hurt. Whereas, you know, Brady's got Gronk, Mike Evans, Godwin, had Antonio Brown there for a little bit. You know, and got Leonard Fournette over there playing really well too. So, I don't know. I look at it, Aaron Rodgers the MVP to me. That's all I have to say. Because here's the thing. Boils down to supporting cast, and I think Brady's got a little bit more of a deeper one. Does that mean the Buccaneers to me are the better team? No, I don't think that. I don't think that. But I do think in this wild chase to to that one seed in the NFC, the Buccaneers have a little bit of an easier path. I hate using the word easier, but that's the best way I can describe it. When you look at these next four games, I mean, what, the Buccaneers played the Panthers twice, the Jets and the Saints. Green Bay's got Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Detroit. So, I don't know. That's why they play the games, all right? So... All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Appreciate you all tuning in. Don't forget, hit me up with some questions for the Q&A and let me know on your man caves, okay? I want to see your man caves. I want to hear about them. Shoot me those uh, pics, stories. Hit me up on the Twitter and the Facebook. All right, we'll chat with you next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Man Cave Podcast. But can you do me a quick favor? Can you subscribe, follow, like, and share the podcast? And, you know, rate it, like if you're on iTunes or anything like that. Just make it a good rating. That way other people can find the podcast, too. Hey, we're everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, you name it. We're all over. Spread the word about the Man Cave Podcast. Until next time, I'm Dan Casper, and we'll talk with you later.